simply because those three guys, within the last weeks, literally within the last weeks, those three men have experienced God's healing power, God's miraculous touch, used them through them. So the four of us are going to team together to present this 10-part series called Let's Go to the Roof. If you have a, a Bible or your phone, you version on your phone uh, is, a, is a fantastic app for the Bible, but I'd like for you to go to Mark chapter 1. So we're going to be looking, over the 10 weeks, we're going to do a chapter every week. So today is chapter 1, next week chapter 2. We're going to go all through those miracles of Jesus. A little bit of background on Mark is that, first of all, when Jesus was walking around on earth, Mark was really young. I don't know that any of us know his exact age, but he was preteen, teenager, not the same as the disciple Matthew, who was a tax collector, had a job, that whole thing. Not the same as, you know, Luke, who might have been a physician, something like that. But Mark was a, a teenager. Mark doesn't even show up in the scripture until Acts chapter 12. And in Acts chapter 12, it's this story about uh, Peter being in prison. James was uh, actually executed over the weekend and it, it made everyone so happy, which is like, what? But it, it, Herod says, well, I'm going to execute Peter as well. And so for political means and power and such, he was going to do that. But it was a, it was a holiday, so, so it didn't happen for Peter. And that's the story where Peter is in the prison. I mean, gates, 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 lock, 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 guys on both sides, that whole thing. He is in the inner, inner, inner cell. And, and the church is praying. That's good, right? The church is praying. And this is such an excellent story for starting 21 days of prayer. Because I'm just going to, I'm going to spoiler alert, Peter gets delivered. And the church was surprised. It's such a good story. It's such a fantastic story. The church is praying. An angel comes, delivers Peter. Chains fall, doors open. It's like the grocery store. You touch him, boom, doors are opening. And he's going out. And he goes to this house and knocks on the door, and it's Mark's house, kind of. It's Mark's mom's house. It's, it's Mark's mom. That's, that's where he's going, and he goes to that house. That's where the prayer meeting was. So the prayer meeting of those early believers happened in the house of this unnamed woman that we refer to as the mother of Mark, John. Your Bible would say the mother of John, whose name is Mark, John Mark. So that's this woman's house. So this dude was around it. My children have the benefit of being in a ministry home where people come in and people are invited in and we're invited into places. And so they get to see things and they get to travel and they get to be a part of the, the, the workings of different things and see that stuff. And any of us walking in with God and having the manifest presence of God in our life and in our home, that can be true there as well. He's in this space. He sees all of this stuff. And that's the story where Peter knocks on the door and the young girl comes and she's like, who is it? And he said, it's Peter. Can I come in? She goes and tells everyone. And she, they're like, stop. We're praying for Peter to be released from jail. Stop bothering us. <laughs> and then they thought it was his ghost, right? It's so interesting how we prayed and we got it done. And, and we're like, we're surprised. So it, we want to move past that, don't we? We want to pray and believe and know and trust and surrender and when we see it, we're like, yep, that's who he is. That's who Jesus is. That's what he does. So he goes to Mark's house. Mark writes the first gospel. 
Probably a lot of you might know that. Mark's gospel is not first in the order. Matthew is the first in the, in the order. But, but Mark is actually the first gospel, somewhere in the 60s. And because Mark was young and wasn't hanging out with Jesus while he was walking around the earth, it was likely dictated to him by someone else. And that someone else is probably Peter. So Peter, who had this inside track, inner circle, right? James, John, Peter, James, John. Those three guys with Jesus, Peter is actually the one that very likely just kind of hung around, had coffee. They met at Java Hot and he talked him through it, right? They had coffee and he talked with them about it and Mark's, you know, is the scribe. He puts it all down. What's very interesting, each one of the Gospels has a flavor, has a label, has a banner. For Matthew, who is a Jew, Hebrew, it's Jesus, Messiah, King. King of the Jews. For Luke, who was a doctor and a Gentile, it's Jesus, Messiah, man. So Matthew presents Jesus as king, kingdom language. Luke talks all about his his humanity and flesh and that God-man thing. John calls him the son of God, but Mark identifies him as a servant. So there's Messiah, king, Matthew, but Messiah, servant is how Mark presents Jesus couple things about a servant and things that we're going to see over these next several weeks. I hope you can make, I'd love for you to be able to make all 10 of them. Jesus is a man of action. Servants are told and they act. Almost in our mindset, maybe the closest thing we could come to today is if anyone's done any military time. If you're in the military at all or related to someone in the military or something, you just get it, right? Someone comes up and says, need you to do that. Well, I wasn't feeling it right now. Okay, that's probably not going to end well. That's, and, and that's not really how that goes. Like they, As long as it's lawful, not unlawful, and not immoral, you're, supposed to, you're expected to do it. So it's that kind of a thing. You're people of action. Jesus is a man of action. And in our context around, because what we're going to do is we're going to look at the miracles in Mark. The miracles of Jesus. And in the context of all these miracles, he served people. He was a man of action who served. In fact, almost 40 times the word immediately is in the book of Mark. Makes it a very unique book. In fact, it's, there's, there's more, immediately is said more in the book of Mark than the rest of the New Testament put together. Immediately. Right now. Servant. Action. Movement. Going to make it now. Immediately. We look at Jesus' mission more through action than just words. In fact, we're going to see that he's a man of very few words, but not light on action. He's going to move into a space, and with four words, three words, two words, one word, he's going to make a difference. So over these next 10 weeks, we are going to explore the past miracles of Jesus because we're entering into 21 days of prayer so that we can extend the present power of Jesus into our lives. And into the lives of those that need a miracle. Does anybody know anybody that could use a miracle? They just need God to help. Hayden teed it up for us, didn't he? Tried on my own, done it my own way. He's intelligent. He's a man of gifting and talent. And there are some things that just doesn't touch. 
And we need the power of the Lord Jesus, his power, his healing, his deliverance, his love to wash through. So the encouragement over these next 10 weeks, each one of us, Bo and Brian and Arnick and I, are going to be encouraging us all. Let's go to the roof. It comes from chapter 2. The miracle about the roof, opening the roof and dropping the guy down, chapter 2, you got to come back next week. So in the first 20 verses, I hope I've given you enough time to find Mark 1, okay? So in the first, the first 20 verses, it's, it, it doesn't even kick off with his genealogy. You know that all the Gospels have a genealogy, right? In Matthew, it runs all the way through the lineage of the kings and Joseph because it's Messiah King. In Luke, it runs through the lineage of Mary and she's the one mentioned because it's humanity, it's Messiah man. And John says he's the son of God. Many of us know John 1.1. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. Like, he's the son of God. That's it. One verse is his genealogy in the book of John. There is no genealogy in the book of Matthew. I'm sorry, the book of Mark. It just starts. It just starts. In fact, it starts with another one who was serving, John the Baptist. So you can read a little bit about John the Baptist and how he shows up at the River Jordan. And then you'll read a few verses about Jesus showing up for baptism, and he gets baptized. And then Jesus gets out, and he starts announcing the good news. He says, hey, I'm here, and there's a good thing happening. A few verses there. And then he calls his first disciples. He calls Peter and Andrew, James and John. And it seems as if the five of them begin a journey. Even referenced in some of our readings today, it seems as if it was just two sets of brothers. Peter and Andrew were brothers. James and John were brothers. You may know they were all fishermen. He walks by and calls them, follow me, follow me. And these four guys follow. And it seems as if, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's the 12 yet. Like it's just kind of building. Let's go to Mark chapter 1, verse 21. I'll read this. It'll be on the screens, and I encourage you to follow along as well. Jesus casts out an unclean spirit here. They, that's the five guys, five guys, huh? They went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue, and he began to teach. And some translations say, immediately. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. And just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, what in the world? Right in the middle of church. It was Sabbath. It was synagogue. And right in the middle of church, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus looks at him, man, a few words. Be quiet. Jesus says sternly, come out of him. And the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. He can shake us, he can shriek, but he's coming out. Coming out. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? Can you imagine? They just showed up for church. They just showed up for church the way it had always been. And this thing happens, and Jesus responds, and they're like, whoa, what is going on? And then they even go further. A new teaching, and not just a teaching, but with authority. 
He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. And news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Twice in there it says, they were amazed. I love that. I'm still amazed. I still look at things Jesus does, not least of which how he loves me and how he talks to me and how he cares for me and how he works in my life. And I, again, am invited, and we are in this community, invited into the lives of other people, and we get to see what God does, and we get to see how he lifts them up, and how he touches people, and we get to go long-term and long-term journey, and not just a moment, but we get to see what he's doing, and I just continue to be amazed. But it says Jesus teaches with authority. Now, the way I could liken this to me, what, what came to my mind, if you have ever been in a presentation at work, And someone found PowerPoint slides and had no business finding them. They found PowerPoint slides, and it's the slide where everything that's going to be said is on the slide. It is packed. It looks like this. It is packed with words. And then they stand and they read to us all of those words, every slide, for the hour and a half. Tedious is one word that comes to mind. But that's not someone we walk away and we're like, man, they know that subject. They have authority in that topic. We just don't usually do that. We don't see that and think, wow, they just read to us. I know some folks that would say, that could have been an email. (laughs) Right? I get it. And and clearly, some people are more comfortable with presenting. I, I get it. That wasn't Jesus. He wasn't reading off slides. He read a scripture. He starts talking to them about it. He starts presenting. And there's something about when he spoke, there was authority. And not just authority in word, but authority in deed. Authority against the impure spirit. And what a start. Does anybody know Hebrew culture enough that it was a no-no to do a healing on the Sabbath? Of all the, man, this is the kickoff. (laughs) This is the kickoff play. He's in there reading and teaching, and someone with an impure spirit stands up and speaks out, and oh, now what do I do? Uh, he does what Jesus always does. He prefers the person over the rule. He prefers the person over the culture. He breaks the law. He reaches in and heals somebody. He touches a leper. That's why he got crucified. Like he breaks the rules for people. He will love you. He will step into your circle. He will touch you when you're unclean. He will be dirty when you're dirty and somehow never gets dirty. He will be in our space. First, bam, chapter one, on the Sabbath. And it wasn't even really a conversation. It was four words. Come out of him. That's the opening miracle. And then just in the next verses, Mark chapter 1, 29 and 31, a little bit different, a little bit of a different twist, because that's pretty dramatic, right? I mean, that's pretty dramatic. Something happens in the church, and everybody's around, and something happens, and you cast out a spirit, and it's talking to you, and all. I mean, that's, that's pretty dramatic. This miracle, a little less dramatic. As soon as they left the synagogue, some translations would say immediately, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew, Again, brothers and brothers, and they went to his house. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. 
It's going to be something that needs to be uh, grabbed by us today. He went to her, took her hand, helped her up, and the fever left her. She began to wait on them. Now, not as dramatic. (laughs) That first miracle, you might be able to do a little mini-series over that, right? But what's the audience going to be when the whole movie is Jesus comes over for lunch, walks into the mother-in-law, lifts her by the hand, and walks her to the table? But for the mother-in-law, for Peter's wife, for Peter, it matters. See, sometimes we can think that Jesus is only enamored or only focused on the fantastical. He's only focused on the stuff that's cosmic and enormous. But for that woman laying with a fever, that was a big deal. This is a big miracle. It depends upon your perspective. It depends upon how we're seeing Jesus and how we're looking to him. And the message that I want you to hear and the message I want to receive myself, he cares about me for me. What else I think is fantastic is they told him about her. They made a connection. And that's so much of what this series is about. Again, thinking of chapter 2, and some of you know the story, where he goes up on the roof, the guys go up on the roof, and they open the roof open, and they drop the guy down. Like, they made a connection. God is calling us in this new year. God is calling us in this new year to pray and have faith and make connections on behalf of people with fevers. On behalf of people that need a miracle. On behalf of people that need to see God move. There is a calling into that space. Well, they're in church, they'll figure it out. No. No. She was in the house. Jesus was in the living room. She's in the bedroom. They're like, hey, Lord, there's a need over here. He's like, okay, sure. Hey, you're welcome to my house. You're not welcome to hang out in my bedroom. Is that news to anybody? I don't know. Is it? No. We got a foyer. We got a living area, a little fireplace. We got a, a, a den, a library, a kitchen. You're welcome in all the spaces. I do not want to come home and find you sitting in the chair in my bedroom. And Jesus is the same way. He's not just like, what's happening in this house? What's going on in here? Sometimes we think that's the case. He's in the house. But we need to make the connections. Make the connections. Invite him. How about, how about this being our house? What rooms are not available to him in here? What's off limits inside this house? That's what we're doing over these next three weeks of prayer and fasting. Jesus, come in and see and know and search me, O God, and know my heart and try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me, Lord. And we go through that whole thing in our own house and then we ask the Lord to lead us into someone else's life. A moment where you can reach out to someone and say, can I make a connection here? Can I make a connection now? With him? As we continue, there are four miracles in this chapter. Verse 32, healing many people after the Sabbath, a different angle. That evening after sunset, after sunset, Now, in this culture, after sunset, 
it's game over, right? It's after sunset, right? Everybody came in out of the field. Like, we're not doing, this isn't like fire up the computer and let's talk to people. This isn't like we have lights. It's after sunset, day over. How many people in here? Feels like day over. 2023 felt like day over, but 2024 is a glimmer of hope. 2024 is a glimmer of hope. There are a lot of us that 2023, thank you so much. <laughs> Goodbye, thank you. But 2024, because you see it says after sunset. It was dark. The day is over. It's over. We're not like, hey, but we can meet at the church. Somebody flipped the lights on. No. And it's after the sunset. In the dark, they bring people to Jesus. They bring him the sick, the demon-possessed. It says, the whole town gathered at the door. This is happening in chapter 1. It's going to happen in chapter 2. That's why they had to go to the roof. The whole town gathers at the door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. You see, he heals blindness, okay, but what if your issue isn't blindness? He heals leprosy, okay, but what if your issue isn't leprosy? He heals various diseases. I don't think there's anything he can't touch. I don't think there's anything he can't heal. I don't think there's anything that he's afraid of touching either. That's what we need to hear because some of us think we are too much for him. We've done too much, been too much. I get it. Some of us are a lot, but we're not too much for him ever. I'm not a first responder, but I was, I was in the service. And they trained us that when the building is on fire, you run toward the building. When there are gunshots, you run toward the shots. That's Jesus. When there's ugly, he's like, oh, that's my deal. That's my jam. <laughs> When there's ugly and broken and hurting and bleeding and infected, man, that's, that's where he goes. That's why he's come. Drove out many demons, but he wouldn't let the demons speak because they knew who he was. The whole town gathered. And I'll tell you something over these next three weeks. I hope you can join us at 7 in the morning for these prayer times. And if you can't, do it on your app. Do it at home, on your way to work. There are folks that start at home listening to the app, walk in 20 minutes late and finish it up live here with us. It's not about here. Here's going to be good. But it's about engaging in the thing. And when God is moving, I've been living for the Lord for 33 years. And when God is moving, one of the things I've found, can't keep people out of the room. When God is moving. When God's not moving, donuts won't get him here, Sharon. <laughs> But when God is moving, you can't keep people out of the room. And in my history, which I was blessed to be around very spiritual people, very spiritual churches, very spiritual leaders, man, God would be moving. They'd do Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. Church started at 7 o'clock, and at 6.15, the place was packed. People were expecting. There was anticipation. And it was a season. Felt like it went for about 10, 11 months. But it was this season of God just showing up. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. What are we doing next week? Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. Like they just did it. And no griping, no complaining, no arm twisting, no nothing. 
When the presence of the Lord was there, the whole town gathers. The whole town comes because the whole town needs what he brings. Heals many, various diseases, drives out demons. And it says it here. The people brought to Jesus all who were sick and demon-possessed. Verse 32, that's the first verse. Verse 32. The people brought to Jesus all who were sick and demon-possessed. Just like Peter's mother-in-law. Hey, Lord, can I, can I bring you here? Folks, can we bring you to Jesus? Can we open the roof and drop you down? We need to go to the roof, don't we? We need to get up in that space where we are finding a way to bring people to the greatest of all time, to the one and only, to the one that changed us. And I'm telling you how this works because I feel it right now. When you are in that space and you bring someone to him and he touches their life, it is not only their faith that strengthens. It is our faith that just begins to burgeon out of us. We know, but it's good to get reminded. Oh, yes, Lord, that is you. You can do that. The fourth and final miracle is in verse 40. A man with leprosy came to him. Now, that's as, that's as rough as it gets. Demon-possessed is how he kicked it off. Leprosy is how he's finishing it up. But this man came, begged him on his knees, if you're willing, you can make me clean. There's two things going on there. God, you're, you're able to make me clean. Okay? I'm just not sure if you're willing or not. Hey, Jesus didn't die for you to be not willing. Does that make any sense to you? Jesus didn't die, suffer, all that he did. I've often wondered about the cross. I don't get it, frankly. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, him dying maybe makes sense to me a little bit. But, you know, I understand they didn't have guns, but, like, couldn't it just been a bullet? Just die? Just, boom, die. Why all the torture? Why all the, why all the suffering? Why the shredded skin? Why the bleeding out? Why the sword in the side? What, what and why? The thorns, come on. The whipping, come on. Like, why? You think he did all that? And then he's going to go, ah, nah. Can you embrace this with me? He doesn't have to do it again. Hear me. He doesn't have to do it again. If he had to suffer, and for every single person, and every single healing, he had to go through all that again, couldn't we get it? Like, he's kind of tired of that. He doesn't want to do that again. But he doesn't have to do it again. The writer of Hebrews says, once and for all. How, in, how incredible is that? You see, he's willing. That's what he said. If you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and he touched the man. He said, I am willing. Be clean reached out his hand. He didn't have to do that either. I love those stories where Jesus takes it a little further than he had to to show you how much you mean to him. Reaching out and touching a leper makes you unclean. Not Jesus. 
And you know what? Reaching out and touching a leper heals something more than a skin disease. Try it. (laughs) Find that person that feels like an outcast. Open your arms and hug them and pull them close and hug them and see how that feels for you and them. He healed more than a skin disease with that touch. Some translations where it says Jesus was indignant, some translations say he had compassion. Indignant is a feeling of anger or annoyance, but it's at perceiving something as unfair. His indignance, annoyance, even sense of anger, wasn't to the leper. It's I'm so frustrated about your situation. Hey, you think you're frustrated about your situation? Have you ever considered his frustration about your situation? Thought about that? He hates that you're in addiction. He hates that you're bound. He hates that you're struggling. There needs to be a connection. You're here, I get it. You're seeking that connection. And over the next many days, that's what we're praying. For connection. (laughs) For the fact of I can be someone. You see, that brother, I'm in chapter 2, that brother wasn't getting in that room. The whole town was at the door. And some guys had to do something about it. And over the next 21 days, would you join me? Can we join together in doing something about it? Can we do something about it in a concentrated focus of Lord intersect the frustration that you have, not about the person, but about the situation? We know it wasn't frustration about the person. He said immediately, I am willing. That's why I came. I'm a servant. I'm willing and I'm a man of action. So be clean. Verse 42, immediately the leprosy left. He was clean. Immediately. (laughs) We don't know how long that man suffered. We know that one day he came to him. He said, I don't even know if you're going to do this. Kind of like, I'm not even sure this is a good idea. I I know you can do it, I guess, but would you? (laughs) He says, yes. Yes. Jesus opens these stories, Mark opens these stories with an inside cleaning, right? Delivered from a spirit. And he closes the chapter with an an outside cleaning, this leprosy. Which is what's going to happen in chapter 2. The man is going to come down through the roof and Jesus is going to forgive his sin inside. And he's going to heal his body outside. And isn't that fantastic? You can go to the doctor I'm all for it. He's not healing your inside. You can go to the psychologist. I'm all for it. They're not healing your outside. Jesus is the one that heals us. He can touch us. He can say, be clean. And with one word, that's it. The disciples didn't heal anybody. They just made the connection. So maybe it's just getting people in the proximity of Jesus. You know, bringing them to this prayer gathering, bringing them to a, a Sunday morning. I mean, that like, <laughs> you, know, hey, you got a problem? Hey, maybe you walk up to somebody and go, hey, I know a guy. 
I know a guy. I do know a guy. I know a guy. Jesus. What's the verse of the song we sang? Doing healings then. You can do healings now. You are the same God. Maybe it's your faith. Scripture tells us that Jesus looked up and didn't see the faith of the guy that had the palsy. He saw the faith of the men that opened up the roof. He saw their faith. Maybe it's your faith that Jesus will see. Maybe it's your faith that's going to make the difference. Maybe it's in the person's heart and they just can't get there. Okay, their legs work, but they just can't get there from their heart and you help them. Anybody help you? This week in one of my classes, we talked about people that have influenced you, influenced your story. And I said, anybody in here has someone loved you, cared for you, influenced your story? Anybody? And people were like, yo, yeah, yeah, they thought of names. And I said, would you be able to do whatever they did for you? Would you be able to do that for someone else? And across the room, people were like, yeah, but it wasn't a big deal. To which I said, it was a big enough deal that you remembered. Big enough deal that you remembered it. You remembered it. You can do it. (laughs) Someone brought me. Someone brought you. Someone found me when I was obstinate and defiant and self-destructive. Found me. Brought me. Worked with me. Called me, texted me, reached out to me. We can do that. So simple. Jesus, the Messiah servant. See, servants simply act. They just act. He, he, he took her hand, Peter's mother-in-law. He took her hand and helped her up. Servants simply act. And servants don't say much. Four words come out of him. Four words. Three words. I am willing. Three words. Two words. Be clean. Man, a few words. Come out of him. I am willing. Be clean. And there is power in one word. The song that we're about to sing captures that. Power in one word from Jesus. We can bring our life to him. And I'm going to ask you to do that right now in this space. Go ahead, Arnie.